Turning our attention to the scriptures, we're going to look into a few scriptures, but we'll start with John 14, 17, followed by Acts chapter 1, 8. And Luke chapter 24, verse 4. Amen. Acts 1 8, followed by Luke 24 49. Acts 1 8. Amen. Luke 24, 49, I'm going to read. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. My Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We thank you for your word. We pray that you would speak into our lives. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in the name of Jesus Together we take victory. Hallelujah. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony is your word and so be it this morning. Thank you, Lord. Every critical spirit be stilled and the grace of God will flow freely. All for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Praise the Lord. We will continue with our theme. What is the theme? We need help. Praise the Lord. We need help. Praise God. John chapter 14, verse 17, reminds us of the promise that Jesus made. And we're going to start with that. Just want to remind a few things as a preview. The spirit of truth, as Jesus said, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Praise God. So as we move forward and we acknowledge that we are God's people who need help from the Holy Spirit, we need said, we started by saying that we need help to pray. And today we want to talk about we need help to witness, we need help to minister, and definitely we need help to live. Praise the Lord. Shall we touch on we need help to witness? And for that we need to understand how the Holy Spirit works with each and every one of us. The Bible reminds us that the spirit of truth, he does what? He lives with you and he lives in you. And of course, the uh, Luke writing to Acts reminds us that the Holy Spirit can be upon us as well. So what is the difference between the Holy Spirit with us or with you? Praise God. As we understand the Spirit of God as it's revealed in the Scripture, the Holy Spirit is with a person when he begins, begins to talk to a person 
about the things of God. Praise the Lord. For a person to become a child of God or to be exposed to the message of salvation, it is with the Holy Spirit working with us. Praise the Lord. In other words, it is the Holy Spirit working in a person who does not know Jesus is the Spirit of God that tugs within our hearts. Praise the Lord. Reminding us that God loves us. Praise the Lord. That we are a sinner and we need a Savior. Praise the Lord. It's the Spirit of God that makes the message of the gospel of Jesus a reality. Praise the Lord. When you are stepping, when you are in darkness, it's the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that moves us, that beckons us, that draws us into the fold of God. This morning, we need to understand the provision of God. Hallelujah. How the Spirit of God works in a person who does not know Jesus as a savior. It is indeed the Holy Spirit that brings convictions in our heart. Praise the Lord. It's the Spirit of God that reminds us of sin of judgment to come. Praise the Lord. So it is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't end there. The Bible reminds us that there is the work of the Spirit in us. The moment we respond to the Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to God. The Spirit indwells us. Praise the Lord. We become the temple of the living God. Praise the Lord. The Spirit with us is the Holy Spirit convicting us of our sin and reminding us that we are a sinner who needs a Savior desperately. Praise the Lord. Bringing the truth home, applying the truth to our present situation as an unbeliever. When we respond to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, the Spirit comes and indwells us. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That is Spirit in us or Spirit in you. But then there is a very unique experience as it's recorded in Luke chapter 24, the words of Jesus 49 and Acts chapter 1, 8. That is the Holy Spirit upon you or the Holy Spirit upon us. Praise the Lord. The Spirit of God is available not only to work with you to become a child of God, Praise the Lord. And he comes and just indwells you, but praise God. He also, when he comes upon us, he empowers us to fulfill the mandate that is placed upon us. So let me repeat this because this is very important that we understand. It is through the work of the Holy Spirit that a person is brought into the presence of God. In other words, for a person to receive Christ as a Savior, the Holy Spirit has to work. And the Spirit of God does the work. 
In other words, the Bible says, no one can say Jesus is Lord without the work of the Holy Spirit. Number one. Number two, when we respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we open our heart to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are my Savior. Come and take a board in my heart. Praise God. When you receive Christ as your Savior, you become the child of God. That's when the Holy Spirit indwells you, the Spirit in you. But then there is another experience that the Bible teaches. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that is a very unique experience that every one of us should experience. Praise the Lord. Many a times believers are satisfied with the fact knowing that, the, that they are the temple of the living God and the spirit of God lives in them. They are the child of God. All these things are true. But in order for us to experience everything that God has promised us to live a lively, robust victorious life and to fulfill the mandate the purpose of God for our lives we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and that's what the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you you shall become witnesses praise the Lord hallelujah there is something very unique about this experience. We as human beings, we are exposed to different kinds of power. We are influenced by different kinds of power. Power is not a foreign terminology or a word for us because constantly we are exposed and experienced to different kinds of power. Talk about different kinds of power. There is the political power. There is the lobby power. There is the pressure power. You know, there is pressure. People can pressure you to do something that you don't want to do. You can call it the peer pressure. Or you can call it the lobby pressure. Regardless of who you are and what status you have in the society, we all are influenced one way or the other by the sphere of powers that are constantly working around us. Praise the Lord. Then there are the influential power. People who are influence over us. They are able to navigate us. They are able to manipulate us. Praise the Lord. Because they have, they exercise an influence over us. Praise God. Every influential power need not be positive. It could also be negative in nature. Then there is something called the manpower. The muscle power. The machine power. The money power. So many different kinds of power are actively working around us. Then we measure power and we call it the horsepower. Then there is the atom power and the nuclear power. Talk about power. We are exposed to so many different kinds of power. But the Holy Spirit power is totally different and unique 
because the Holy Spirit power is unlike any other power that is working on earth. It is the power of God. Spirit power is the power of God. Number one, it's a pure power. Number two, it's a holy power. Number three, it is a power that cannot be matched with any other power. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for that power. Praise the Lord. The Bible calls it the power from above. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, if we want to fulfill the mandate that is given to every believer, every disciple of Jesus to be a witness for him, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot be a kind of witness that God has called us out to be. Listen, talents are good, education is good, intelligence is good, intensely being trained is good, having good experience is good, but without the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot be fruitful. Praise the Lord. At the same time, when we read the scripture, it also tells us that even people, when they were illiterate and uneducated, they, when they received the power, they, were, they become fruitful in their endeavors for Jesus. Now put this thing, do this two together. Praise the Lord. What? Acquiring everything that the world has to offer. Meaning intelligence and education and information. All these things plus the power of the Holy Spirit would make a person so sharp and effective. Praise God. Shall we pray that God will make us such people? But when we see the scripture, we see that when the Holy Spirit came upon the men and the women of God, they became agents of change. The Bible says wherever they went, they turned the world upside down. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you want to turn the world upside down for Jesus, meaning Praise the Lord. The system of the world is diabolically opposed to the system of God. Praise the Lord. There is a worldly system and there is a word system. There is a godly system and there is an ungodly system. Praise the Lord. When the men and women of God are empowered by the power from above, they are able to go out into the world which is controlled by the worldly system. They are able to turn the world upside down. When they turn the world upside down, what they are actually doing is they are turning the world right side up. Amen. Praise God. Bringing the world to a place to right side up means 
changing the environment and the system within the sphere that God uses us from an ungodly system to a godly system. Praise the Lord. That's what turning the world upside down means. Because when you turn the worldly system upside down, you are turning it into right side up, meaning God's domain and dominion is enforced in that arena. And that is what God expects from every disciple, every child of God. And this cannot be attained by our wisdom, by our IQ, by our ability, by our education, by our information. You cannot acquire the, you cannot accomplish this by acquiring these things. What you and I need is the power from above to bring about that change. Praise the Lord. That's what the scripture says. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Praise God. Think about the steam locomotive. Praise the Lord. They burn coal or they use different kinds of energy. And the purpose of, of using this energy is not simply to make a lot of noise. It's not for the whistle to blow, praise the Lord. It's not to just charge the en engine and make a lot of noise. What is the purpose? The purpose is so that the locomotive will start moving into its ordained destination. Likewise, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, praise the Lord, it is not just to make us feel good, to have a euphoric experience, to have an excitement, to have goosebumps all over us, to make a lot of noise. All these things are part of the fact that the locomotive is ready to move. Praise God. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we can get excited. We can get, we can make a lot of noise. We can start speaking in tongues. We can jump up and down. We can dance. We can sing. We can laugh. We can shout. All those things are well. It's good. But what God intends us with the power within us, he wants us to move into the purpose of God. And here in this context is to become a witness for him. Praise God. Hallelujah. So don't be satisfied with the, with the external euphoric experience in life. That is good, but there is more to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. But having experienced the power of the Holy Spirit is a very unique experience. Praise the Lord. It's a very unique experience. Think about the disciples for a second. Okay? Think about the disciples for a second. You know, think about their life 
before and after. So if you want to bring before you three settings of the disciples for us to understand something very important. Number one is Jesus gives them all these promises and, and prepares them with the information. But then even when Jesus is saying, he says, listen, there's so many things I want to tell you, but I'm not going to share with you because you are not going to comprehend. You're not going to understand. So even after having all the preview, having all the, all the information that they needed, when Jesus was crucified, these guys, what happened to them? They really shook. Praise the Lord. Their faith crumbled. They became disappointed. They became their, their for their life purpose. All of a sudden, there was such a disillusionment before them. Praise the Lord. It seems as if they were derailed from the track that Jesus had put them three and a half years ago. Christ had put them on the track and told them the destiny that they had through Jesus. He had marked out the trajectory for them. But the day Jesus was crucified, it seemed that they were derailed from the purpose of God. Their dreams were shattered and it seemed as if Everything was lost. The Bible says these guys got so scared. They ran away. Some ran and they hid themselves. Some denied Jesus. Praise the Lord. His best of his disciples say we don't know him because they were afraid. That's one scene that we see. The second scene that we see is when Jesus who was resurrected after the third day showed himself to his disciples and encouraged them by reminding them the scriptures. He pulled out the Old Testament scriptures and he proved to them that Jesus must suffer and he must be he must, he must die and he must be resurrected. Mind you, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, the New Testament was not available. It was only through the prophets, the laws, the psalm that Jesus proved, Jesus talked to them. So Jesus pulled out those scriptures and showed it to them how it was fulfilled in Christ. Praise the Lord. Their demeanor changed. Their mindset changed. Once they saw the resurrected Savior, once they saw the ascending Jesus and the instruction given to them, do you know, then they were different. Do you know what they did? The Bible says they went into the temple and they worshiped God and they were joyful. They went to the upper room and with one mind, one accord, they started worshiping and waiting for the promise. So you see, they were waiting, they were worshiping, and they were joyful. Praise the Lord. It's very important that we understand this. One setting, when Christ died, 
they were completely disillusioned and they were defeated. When Jesus was resurrected and showed himself to them, and when they saw the ascending Jesus, we see then they came from that mount, they went to the temple, they worshipped, and they were joyful, and they were happy. Praise the Lord. But Jesus said, you have to wait for the power from above. So the Bible says, they waited for the power from above to come upon them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, Jesus said, you have to be a witness for me. To being a witness simply does not just simply say what they have seen and experienced. Of course, John in his first epistle, he says, that what they have seen, what they have heard, what they have touched, what they have experienced, they are witnessing. So when you talk about that, it is not only what they saw and experienced. To be a witness means to present who they know. Praise the Lord. Witness their testimony, not only about what they know, but in this case, who they know. No, praise the Lord. Being a witness for Jesus is not just simply narrating some information from history, but actually telling people what your encounter has been. How you know him personally? How much do you know him personally? It's not just simply saying what you know, but it's also saying who you know, praise the Lord, which brings us a very important question, praise the Lord, what do you know about Jesus, praise the Lord, how much do we know about Jesus, how much of an intimate knowledge do we have about Jesus, Praise the Lord. How tight are we with him? The more tight we are with him and we are empowered with the power from above, you and I become effective in being a witness for the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Witnessing is not possible for those who do not know Christ. Praise the Lord. It is strengthened as our love and our knowledge about Jesus will continue to grow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As Jesus promised in Acts 1.8, when we are empowered from the power of above, from, from above, we are able to start doing that which is impossible. Praise the Lord. The impossible becomes possible. Praise the Lord. The ordinary will become extraordinary. Praise the Lord. Why? Because the power from above empowers us and equips us, praise the Lord, to become everything that Jesus wants us to become. Praise the Lord. And no wonder Jesus said that in Luke chapter 24, he said that you are to do what? You are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from above. Now, this is very important that we need to understand 
We need power. Praise the Lord. We need power for what? We need power to charge our phones. We need power to do what? So many things, but we need power to witness. We need power to live for Jesus. Now, why would Jesus say, stay in the city till you are endured with power from above? Because Jesus knew the odds that were stacked against them. Praise the Lord. We need power from above to come upon us because there are odds stacked against us. Praise the Lord. There were odds stacked against the disciples at that time, and there are hurdles before us in today in our time as well. And for us to overcome the odds that are stacked against us, for us to overcome the hurdles that are stacked against us, we need to have a supernatural power upon us, which is the Holy Spirit power. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What is the, what is the odds that are stacked against these disciples that Jesus is saying, you must wait for the power from above? Number one is the task that is before them. The task before them is a Herculean task. Think about it, you know. There was 12, now it's 11. And of course, there are up to 500 disciples. What is the Herculean task that is assigned to them? Tell me. What is the Herculean task that is assigned to them that Jesus mandates that they wait for the power from above? Praise the Lord. Tell me, church. What could be that Herculean task? Yes? To reach the ends of the earth. Think about it. Jesus said, you shall be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, they did not have Google Maps. Right? They could not just go open up their iPad and look at the globe and put something in, and you're boom. You are right there. No, they didn't have those things. In fact, their master who is giving them this mandate, he restricted himself within the confines of Israel. Only once did he step out of the confines. Once when he ministered, it was Tyre and Sidon. In his, in his, in his childhood, his parents took him to Egypt to run away from the wrath of Herod. So other than that, Jesus confined himself. His earthly ministry was confined within Israel, within Palestine. So now he's giving a mandate to his disciples that they have to go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now that's a Herculean task. Praise God. I don't know how many of you guys have gone to the mission field. When we go to the mission field, we are prepared in every possible way that we can. But remember the disciples, what did they know? They had the language barrier. They had the customs barrier. They had the 
culture barrier. They had the religion barrier. They had barriers in every form and every shape. And Jesus is saying, if you have to break this barriers that are before you, you cannot break them by your own power and by your strength. You need to have the force and the power of the triune God with you to break the barriers that are before you. Therefore, it's a Herculean task. If you have to fulfill this task, you need to have the paracletos, the comforter, the one who comes comes by your side. Praise God. The helper, the power force, the power source with you. Therefore, Jesus says, wait, taking into consideration the task that is before them. Praise God. Hallelujah. How much of an exposure did they have to world and to the world culture? Very limited. Praise God. Hallelujah. But when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they became energized. They became empowered. They became equipped. They became enriched. They became enabled to move into the realms that God was taking them and to turn the world upside down and make it right side up. Praise God. So the Herculean task mandated that they needed to be empowered with the power that comes from above. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The scope of witnessing requires empowerment from your immediate vicinity to the ends of the earth means you need to have a supernatural power aiding you to fulfill the task that is before them. Praise God. Jesus is not talking about witnessing within the confines of the four walls. Neither is he talking about witnessing, praise the Lord, to our immediate neighborhood. Once that is done, he wants them to move out into the ends of the earth. And that means they would have to encounter Praise the Lord, what Satan's stronghold, which comes in different shapes and shades. The stronghold of religion, the stronghold of rituals, the stronghold of rites, the strongholds of tradition, the strongholds of unbelief. If they have to tear this down, they need to have the power of the Holy Spirit. The terrain and the terror of the forces of darkness that can span, praise the Lord, cannot be simply brought down by human strength. We need divine strength. Praise the Lord. That's why Jesus said, we, them and us, every one of us, we need to have the power of the Holy Spirit. So number one, the task that is at hand demanded that they needed to have the power from above. The next one is the message. What is the message? Praise God. It's not just going on a trip. Someone the other day told me that when are we going on a mission trip? I said, uh, well, we have one scheduled. 
And I inquired, what is the purpose of going to the mission field? They, well, after the conversation, I understood that it was exploring new places and sightseeing. Many a people's mission experience is confined to going to new places. That's why they don't want to go to the same place again. Because what's there to see? We already went there. We already saw it. This is church-sponsored vacation. Going to new places. Is that what it is? Praise the Lord. Well, that was not what that was. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, we need to understand that we have been empowered to come under the banner of Jesus, take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. It's not a vacation, but it is what? It is a mandate that is placed upon our lives. Now, think about the message. Tell me, what is the message that Jesus wants them and us to share? Tell me. The foolishness of the cross. Yes. Anybody else? Tell me. The message. What is the message? If you were asked to share the message, what is the message? The kingdom. Salvation. Salvation is only through Jesus. Listen, we have to give the answer based on what is the odds that are stacked against him. Number one, we said, is the task itself. Number two is the message. Now, why is the message of Jesus so unique? And why would it face hurdles and hindrance and opposition when you share the message? After all, you are sharing the message that God is love, that Jesus loves them. That Jesus cares for them. That you have a loving Savior in Jesus who provides for you, who protects you, who promotes you, who wants you to be in, in heaven with you. This is a good message. So what is the opposition force that can come against the message? That Jesus was the Messiah. Hmm. He's a resurrected king. Listen, everybody loves the fact that God is love. That Jesus loves them. That Jesus cares for them. If Jesus is with you, everything is good. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. It's a good word. What is the problem? The problem is only when you say, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In other words, within the message, it's an exclusive message. What is the exclusive message? The exclusivity of the message is under heaven, on earth, there is only one name given, that is the name of Jesus for anyone to be saved. Praise the Lord. When you say that, it's a problem. Praise God. It's a problem. See, the context is also very important. We need to understand Rome was the superpower. The Roman government, it, it, it expanded, stretched their 
their, 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 their hands and they controlled all the major places in the world. They were the superpower. And Rome was ruled. The emperor was known as? Known as? Caesar. Okay? And if you stood before Caesar, you have to say, Hail Caesar. Caesar is? Caesar is? Law. Caesar is law. Christianity taught that Jesus is Lord. That's where the conflict starts now. Okay? Caesar's domain only included every place Rome had its control and power. But the domain of Jesus was such, Paul says, for God has exalted him, given him a name which is above all of the name, that at the name of Jesus, everything in heaven, everything on earth, everything under earth should bow down and confess that Jesus is Lord for the glory of God the Father. If you are walking in Rome, and a Roman soldier sees you and says, Hail Caesar! You are supposed to respond by saying, Hail Caesar! Caesar is Lord. But a Christian would not respond to that by saying, Caesar is Lord. But he would say, Jesus is Lord. That's it. That's all that was enough. Praise God. Listen. It's not as easy as we have it today. Where we can come within church and say Jesus is Lord and sing and praise, praise God for that. Okay? But for the, in those days for a person to live, praise God. And to say that Jesus is Lord meant that you might never come home in one piece. Praise God. And if they had to stand with the message of cross, which was foolishness to them that perish, to the Greeks it was nonsense. They could not comprehend that Jesus was the Son of God, that God's Son died a gruesome death on the cross, and then he was buried, and somebody claims that he was resurrected. To them it was foolishness. It was old wives' tales. And to the Jews, it was a stumbling block. They could never agree or comprehend that Jesus was the Messiah that the Old Testament prophets prophesied. Within these settings, a Christian had to come and say, Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. He is the resurrection. There is life after death. Praise God. God is preparing something better for us. And Jesus is Lord. And they were willing to put their necks on the line. And for that, it required what? Power from above. Praise God. You can't do it without the power from above. Paul writing to the Thessalonians says, writing to the Corinthians says, 
Paul says, we did not come to you with enticing words of wisdom, but we came to you with the demonstration of the power of God. 1 Thessalonians 1.5. Somebody read that for me. 1 Thessalonians 1.5. I believe it's 1.5. Listen, our gospel did not come to you only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full, one version says assurance, the other version says conviction. Now, for you to stand up to people and to say this in the setting that we describe, you need to have what? Deep conviction. Praise God. Unless you have a deep conviction, you can't say any of these things. You can be programmed to say a lot of things, but the program will crumble under, under intense pressure. So what ticked these guys, what kept them going, was not just simple information that they had, but rather the presence of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And they were endured with the power from above, which gave them a supernatural ability, not only to speak, but to actually speak with conviction. You can say a lot of things. You know, you can read the Bible as a storybook, and you can narrate the Bible. You can share the story. You can memorize the scripture, and you can repeat the scripture. But to glean from the scripture, to memorize the scripture, and to stand on that scripture requires a lot of grace tenacity, stamina, and power from above. Praise the Lord. It is one thing to memorize it. It is a good thing. Please continue to do it. But it's quite something else to stand on that principle when the world comes against you. Praise the Lord. It requires an inner strength which is only delivered by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as believers, God wants us to experience that. Praise the Lord. So the message, Jesus knowing that the message was unique, they would need the power from above to share this message. He said, wait. Praise the Lord. The next one, let me go quick. The path. Praise the Lord. Listen, this is not a cakewalk. What is this not? It's not a cakewalk. The reality of following Jesus is not a cakewalk. Choosing to follow Jesus is to choose the narrow and the difficult path. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 7, talks about the three twos. He talks about the two paths. 
He talks about the two trees and he talks about the two house. And within the two roads or two ways, Jesus says there is a broad way. And everybody loves to travel on the broad way. And the Bible, Jesus said, the broad way leads to destruction. And then Jesus said there is a narrow way. It's the way of Jesus. Praise the Lord. That narrow way leads to life. Praise the Lord. So the path is very important. Praise the Lord. Look at the, at the, at the language that the Bible uses to describe the discipleship and the sanctification that is required of every child of God. The Bible says a Christian will go through trials in their lives. You have trials and tribulation in the world, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Then there are sufferings that the Bible talks about. Then there are prunings that the Bible talks about. Then there are the refinement by fire that the Bible talks about. Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow me, they should take up their cross. Every weekend. Is that what Jesus said? Huh? Every daily. Praise Lord. Taking up the cross daily. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen. So the scripture is very clear. Jesus knew that the path that they had to take, they cannot do it by their own power and their ability because the path can be hard and difficult. The path will meet up with a lot of resistance, but the Bible also teaches the path brings real, full joy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So when we present the gospel, you don't want to con people into following Jesus. Because if you con people into following Jesus, when the reality hits them, when the rubber hits the road, then they will realize that they cannot stand. But when you present the gospel, you tell them about the grace of God that saves you. The grace of God that redeems you. The grace of God that reforms you. The grace of God that equips you. Praise the Lord. So Jesus knew that they needed this power upon them. When they face resistance in life, they will not buckle down, but they will be able to stand the ground. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is a very unique power. Praise God. When you shall receive power, you shall become my witnesses, meaning you will have guts to speak. Praise God. You will have guts to speak. Paul, writing to Timothy, says, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And do not be ashamed of the prisoner of the gospel. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at the combination. Praise God. Look. Love, power, sound mind. Repeat. Love, power, sound mind. The world will say, give me power. Jesus says, you need power, but power ought to be balanced with love. 
praise God. It's the spirit of love that allows us to love everyone. But it is also the spirit of power which gives us the guts to say what Jesus says. Which gives us the guts to say Jesus is the only way. Which gives us the guts to say Jesus is the embodiment of truth. Which gives us the guts to say that Jesus is indeed praise God. Hallelujah. One who can make sure that you reach the eternal show. You need that guts. And this power is also given so that you can break into the strongholds of the enemy with words and deeds. Praise God. That's why Paul said, we just did not come to you with words, but with the demonstration of the power of God. What is the demonstration of the power of God? Number one demonstration of the power of God is grabbing a person who is hell bound and sending him heaven bound. Praise God. Someone who is darkness is moved into light. Someone who is in the domain of darkness and Satan is moved into the domain of the love of the Son of God. Praise Lord. That's the demonstration of the power of God. The demonstration of the power of God is seen when the yokes are broken. Those who are oppressed by demonic powers are set free. Those who are sick are healed. That's the demonstration of power. Praise God. Love, praise Lord, allows us to seek and to search. Power allows us to break into the powers of darkness and sound mind which allows us to discern between right and wrong, between truth and false, between godly and ungodly, between real and fake, between authentic and counterfeit. You have the Spirit of God. And Paul says, all three is available for us. What? Power, love, sound mind. If we don't have sound mind, we can get confused. That's why Paul writing to Philippians says, I pray that your love will increase in knowledge and in understanding. Praise God. Hallelujah. If love doesn't increase in knowledge and in understanding, we will be taken for a ride. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when God empowers a person with the power from above, it has it brings a deep conviction within us and also praise God. We are empowered with a strength from above. To fulfill the mandate that is placed upon us. Praise God. Where does this guts come from? It comes from the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. It comes from the power of God. The spirit of power. Regardless of the intimidations and the consequences that are before. Praise the Lord. The men and women of God. Hallelujah. God's power gives us the strength to move on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, Holy Spirit power that comes upon us, it doesn't mean that one would be successful in 
regards to every witnessing that we do praise god this is very important that we understand praise god just because we are empowered with the power from above doesn't mean that when you speak the gospel people will receive it think about paul paul preaching in, on mars hills as that chapter 17 the last part comes we see three kinds of response paul was a great orator paul was a great theologian paul was one who was empowered from above paul was a man of revelation and visions the insight and foresight that he had from god's word was very unique and unmatched praise god yet when he preached on marcels there was three different kinds of response response number one was they mocked him just because you are empowered with the power from above does not mean that the world will just simply bite or take what you are saying number one the bible say they mocked him praise the lord number two another group of people said we will come back and listen to you again number 3 the third response was some believed and joined so never look at the result of an evangelistic effort and claim because you did not have a bumper harvest that the power on you is not real praise god even with the power on you you can face resistance but the power has been given to us so that we will not buckle down but we will get up and we will press on into the realms of god praise god hallelujah what would keep one ticking through various challenges that they face in their life it is the power of the spirit of god jesus said that we as god's children should be empowered with the power from above if you have not experienced that power praise the lord the holy spirit power praise god the baptism of the holy spirit all jesus requires is is to ask praise god is to ask he told his disciples wait in Jerusalem till you are endured with power praise god luke 11:13 says if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to them that them that ask if you have never asked if you have never experienced i pray that these days you will have a thirst a drive and a passion praise the lord to be filled with the holy spirit praise the lord to experience the baptism of the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues praise god when the holy spirit is come upon you you will be empowered you will be charged praise god you will be enabled to become a witness for Jesus regardless of the task that is before you regardless of the message that is entrusted to you regardless of the path that you have to take praise god the holy spirit upon you empowers you to fulfill the task that is before you 
Shall we close our eyes a moment? Have you experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do you realize the Holy Spirit baptism? The Holy Spirit coming upon you will change you dramatically. Praise God. Will enable you and empower you to become a witness that God wants all of us to be. If you never had such experience in your life, will you prepare yourself? Will you spend time in the presence of God asking Him, Lord, empower me. May your Holy Spirit come upon me. I know it's the Holy Spirit work that led me to the cross. I know the Holy Spirit indwells me as a child of God. But Lord, there is an experience that your word speaks, which is the Holy Spirit coming up on you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Would you yawn and thirst and ask? Jesus says, how much more God will give the Holy Spirit to them that ask. Would you ask? Would you have a craving within you? To be filled, to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Would you pray that God will baptize our children, our offsprings, our next generation? Listen, the disciples before they were baptized by the Spirit, they had joyful experience in worship. They went into the temple and they worshiped God and they were joyful. But yet, Jesus says, they need to be empowered with the power from above. Having an euphoric experience. Having an emotional high in a worship is not enough. You and I need to experience the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray, Lord, fill me. Fill my offsprings. Because the Lord says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Praise the Lord. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on your servants and your handmaids, I will pour out my spirit. Praise God. This promise is for us and for our children. And for anyone that God calls into his fold. If we have a promise before us that needs to be cashed in, that needs to be tapped in, and our children and our offsprings and our young people have not, and we have not, let's pray and prepare that the Lord may fill us with his spirit. Father, grant us grace and a hunger and a drive to wait in your presence and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we pray.